0: I'm
1: Father Harry Dean, a priest of the Diocese of Austin, currently serving as chaplain of Cedar Break Retreat Center. Formerly of Restorative Justice Ministry, here today with Deacon Ronnie Lastavica, who is our Pastoral Care Coordinator for Restorative Justice Ministry in the Gatesville region of our diocese, in which we have many prisons. And we're continuing today on our series, our our final episode on Eucharist in the prisons in honor of the Eucharistic revival that our church in the United States has entered into, but also in this final segment, as we, we began last time, with a nod to the The time of the universal church in synod on synodality. And as our bishop directed us in some months ago to have listening sessions throughout all of our parishes to take the information from those listening sessions and have them put together for forwarding to the uh, assembly that will happen in Rome. uh, We did the same in the prisons as well. A little bit different than in the parishes because our dynamic in the prisons is different. But we took time in masses, uh, several masses, through different aspects of the Synod. And one of them was with communion. We received back many, many wonderful responses from our incarcerated flock. And we want to share some of those with you, the listeners, so that you can hear what's been on the hearts of those who are incarcerated in relationship to the Eucharist. And I'm looking at one of those entries that were in the uh, responses that the, the, the souls gave us, both women and men. And one of them, Deacon Ronnie, was that communion is peace, comfort, trust, that hardship will end. And I felt like that was rather instructive for all of us who are on the outside because we all face hardship. And some of us on the outside of prison have some really hard things going on in our lives. Uh, Sick loved ones, uh, loved ones that have died untimely deaths, loss of jobs, the whole scrambling that the pandemic brought up. We know about hardship. We are orienting ourselves as ministers to those who are incarcerated and to the corrections officers there as well the, the hardships that are attentive particularly to a life that led to a criminal conviction, to punishment by the state, and doing that time that forms part of that punishment. This is their world of hardship as well, uh, much of which they have to own for themselves, much of which is enhanced in the company of those with whom they serve their time, and the manner in which uh, prison life just simply is a hardship in and of itself. And yet, in the middle of all that, they, like we, face our hardships with the grace of Holy Communion, knowing that there is peace, there's comfort, and there's trust that the hardship will end. Um, Deacon Ronnie, just want to put that out there and, and ask you, uh, your experience of this kind of sensibility with the people that you have served and continue to serve, both in general population and in the restricted housing population.
0: What I've seen is the um, transition, if you will, in the way they uh, they pray for what and what they're praying for. Uh, perhaps in the past life, they prayed for an easy life, a comfortable life, a life that would be uh, kind of give you what the world uh, they thought was was would give them happiness. But uh, in this an in, in incarcerated life uh, and what in, in how how the Eucharist has changed that thinking for them is that now they pray to be a strong person, that that, that they know that whatever journey they're on, um, that God gives them the strength uh, to carry whatever it is that they're carrying and, um, and whatever cross they have in their life, that, that if it's a true cross, they didn't pick it. But uh, able to be with the Lord and and knowing that He's carrying that with them, that that does will not have the last say. that actually the cross is life. That they'll move from that cross into a tomb. and I really call it prison time tomb time, where things are no longer as it used to be in their life, but it's not yet as it will be. And they can trust, trust through that tomb into a changed life, a resurrected life. And that's the beauty of the, of the Paschal mystery that which they're living. And we're always reminded of that Paschal mystery of life, death, and resurrection.
1: And most particularly in the celebration of the Holy Mass um, brings me to the next one uh, that I'm running across here, which was a comment about communion as honesty with God and self. And keep in mind, again, we're taking these notes down for the synod in the context of mass. So, in the time of of uh, the homily, you know, I'm asking these questions of our incarcerated, and then I'm writing down their answers. And one of those answers was, "Communion is honesty with God and self." And the first thought that popped into my mind on that particular one was the penitential rite. That this is something that our flock got to to receive every single week that we were there to celebrate mass. Um, as all of us on the outside do as well, that because of prison life, I think these folks were particularly attentive to the reality of being honest with God and self. I know that you have experienced, Deacon Ronnie, as have I, the lack of honesty that can be present uh, among folks that are serving time in prison out of embarrassment for what's happened in their life, out of a sense of it'll get me something if I'm I'm dishonest, then I'll be able to obtain things that I want, et cetera, et cetera. But when it came to communion, no, this is the place where I'm honest with myself and with God. And that is uh, one of those freedoms of the Eucharist, I think, that we've talked about in previous episodes that I'm just not surprised to hear, uh, but glad to hear it.
0: Very glad to hear it. And, and it's, it affirms us the respect that they have for the Lord and, and those Eucharistic elements and the fact that um, communion um, is is a, a place, to be honest, uh, truly transparent, if you will, because so much of past life may have been um, not transparent, uh, lived in dark places and in shadowy um, conditions. But this is full exposure and um I I can be set free by embracing the fact that God has done that for me and, and God calls me to do that. And it's um that's a real joy to see that because it now realizes that that this this understanding of who God is and what God has done for them, uh, he hasn't left them there to figure it out on their own. That he's he's there with them to give them that that strength and that nourishment and, and that awareness to uh, be truly the person that God created him to be, that's really what God's interested in us anyways, becoming the person he created us to be. He's not, he's not really interested in what we've done or what we're currently doing, that we that we become. We become something that, and, and taking ownership of that and, and seeing them do that, it's 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 a visible transformation, but you can... You, little smidget the visible is you can just, I can't even begin to imagine what the interior is like with that. So, well, and
1: then, you know, communion as honesty with God and, and self as perhaps maybe one of the rare times or gifted times that an individual that's incarcerated allows themselves to go to the truth of who they are, that they don't fear it in the context of communion.
0: No, they don't. And, and, and so they, they really do embrace that, that, true identity, and uh, they're able to uh, have a moment of, of, of unity with, uh, with the one true God, and that's very comforting.
1: Another one of the synod responses that we received, and these were from all of the prison units that we served. that would be 11 of them at the time that these were, were taken down, was that communion is love, sacrifice— Commitment to honor the relationship with and in God, to love, sacrifice, and a commitment to honor the relationship with and in God. And again, by the time I get to my sentence and I'm living my time in prison, that sensibility of the Holy Eucharist, I have to believe, is a reflection of that other side, uh, you know, my shadow side where I didn't love. I was selfish instead of sacrificial, or I didn't honor my commitments, but instead I did things for myself and I burned the relationships that I had. So many of our flock, it's a repair and rebuild time for them uh, to try and restore damaged relationships with family members in particular, but but with their relationship with God and even with their very selves. So to hear someone say, now that communion is in my life, once again— I get to experience the reality of love, sacrifice, and a commitment to honor
0: the relationship with and, and in God. What what I have in that um, image I have of that is, is the Trinity, the blessed Trinity, and who is God? God is love. God is love and love that the Father has for the Son and love that the Son has for the Father, that indwelling, that loves the Holy Spirit. And you see that lived out and um, that, that communion— that, that sense of giving uh, nothing less than the very self for one another and their relationships with their family members with their spouses who, who obviously they're separated from but they're living now other centered lives and commitment to um, to live that way in a relationship it um, in him and through him and with him is, is, is just a beautiful thing to see and you know that that's it's not possible to do on your own I mean we always would come up short and and um, our fallen human nature would, would move the other direction, but, but by yielding to God and, and His will being done and dying to ourselves, we're able to do that and see it and visibly see it in that commitment.
1: Another one that was given to us, again, these were from the Synod listening sessions on communion, my oneness with God by professing my love, my faith, and my remorse— and my vow to love and offer myself to Him.
0: Yes, yes. Being able to um, again um, make that daily offering of God to 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 Him, and knowing that uh, everything that we have comes from God. That it, that that's not anything that I've done. Um, it's all a gift. It's all a gift. And um, being able to vow to love and 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 give myself daily back to the one who is love is a beautiful reflection of that. Um, that's an awareness that a lot of times we're, we, we don't own or we don't want to claim, but whenever they, they have done that and continue to do that, they they are living that um, that life of, of, of the theological virtues of faith, hope and love, and the greatest of these is love.
1: And seeing it in print, you get to see the word remorse surrounded by oneness with God, professing love faith and vowed to love and offer myself to, to him, to God. Uh, and in the middle of all that is remorse. Yes, um, that, right. that Just again, as we mentioned in a previous session, about the penitential rite for yes, mass. Right. And and you'll hear from time to time people say, how come it is that we, we concentrate right off the bat on sin? Well, because that's where the gratefulness comes from.
0: Well, and also sin separates us. I mean, that separates us from, from our relationship with God and with each other. And when you can see that that person has come long before they say they come to the sacrament of reconciliation that 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 consciousness is it is, is is an awareness of that and two contrition has happened way before absolution I mean it doesn't come out that's the order and when you can see that genuinely presented to you and in and, 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 and as a priest from penitence you know it's real you know it's a real deal and that that's that's the beauty of God working in that that person's life because that that's a, that's a relationship that, that, that has that has meaning. That's the one relationship we all want to have. And that, that brings me to the next one when you, you talked about that oneness.
1: Communion started in prison when it stopped being me and them and became us. Communion started in prison when it stopped being me and them and became us. That reality of that oneness that you were just referencing.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's... It is a us. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a me. And I think when we start living me-centered lives, uh, that's where we get ourselves in trouble. I mean, that's that's the ego's in charge here. I'm, I'm. I'm. And then we start comparing. We start judging. We do all those things that that the evil one puts in front of us and, and escalates it up to that level. But when we're able to to live in, in communion with each other and live other-centered lives, then then we move away from that. That, that me into to a uh, uh, that you and uh, are going to be more important than, than me but also seeing that the value of that is in community with God and his people and God and his people both
1: those who I can see around me in the prison setting but those who have been left behind in my life at least for the time being while I serve my time and that that gets us to another one of the synod responses on communion I am one with those I love who are suffering. Because so often what Deacon Ronnie and I hear from our incarcerated flock is the longing to have a greater role in the lives of family that aren't incarcerated, particularly when they're suffering. And then there begins to be a I'm mad at myself because I did what I did. I got put into prison and now I can't be the helpful soul to my family that I used to be. They counted on me for this. They counted on me for that. Now I can't be there. And communion allows a certain sense of consolation that I am one with those I love who are suffering that my bond with them through Holy communion allows me to reach out in the spirit, even though my only other means are by letter or perhaps phone calls. If it's somebody that that I can have phone calls with that, it provides a, a sense of, of consolation that I, now that I'm trying to develop a good and sacrificial heart, reaching out to others, thinking about them in the manner of the Lord on the cross, uh, now have that ability in the very act of entering into communion.
0: And I would just say that through communion, um, they enter into a deeper personal prayer life, a private prayer life, that, that again, um, leads them to um, doing enormous uh, work. And they, a lot of times, have no idea. I mean, w- more things are worked through prayer than this world could possibly dream of. And so even though they're not physically there with, a, with their family or loved one, uh, they can be present through the Eucharist and through that, uh, that prayerful um, practice of, of praying, uh, that they, they, even though physically may be separated, they're actually, many of them are closer now than they were when they were home.
1: Another one, an excitement that my sins are being washed away, going to confession first, and then communion, for me, they go together. Um, we have a different formats in the different units depending on circumstances of time and availability. Many times we are able to have confessions prior to Mass, but many times they have to wait until after Mass. This obviously came from a unit where they get to go to confession first. And so, Given that that's the reality of their incarcerated life, uh, very much like for many of us who go on a Saturday vigil uh, mass to confessions first and and then to to mass at the vigil or maybe the next day, um, seeing those two sacraments together, uh, I thought that was a a, a beautiful insight as well uh, of my preparing myself to have the state of grace to receive such a holy gift uh, and and. Therefore, because that's how it's brought to them at this particular moment in their time of incarceration they've come to see them as sacraments that are uh, that are joined together in in their world view
0: yeah it's a it's a it's that pairing of, of the healing sacrament of reconciliation with uh, um, with and and, and again we, we all have a need for that uh it in our lives in the uh, awareness of that and then also the uh, sensibility to say that yeah, now I now that I've been restored, now I'm in communion with God and His people. Um, what I'm getting is, is nothing less than the Lord Himself. As He strengthens me, and as I'm receiving Him, and um, it's they do go together. They do, um, and you can see that visibly again as they come out of the chapel, uh, having experienced those moments. It's just it's just a real joy to see it. I mean, it's just yeah, words come up short of. Of describing the image that we we have the privilege of witnessing to.
1: Well, they're just in a different place. You can see when folks are coming into the chapel area, they're dragging in. They've got the stuff that's just on their on their heads. It's stuff from outside the prison. It's stuff from inside the prison. It's stuff within their own hearts. And then they come out as you just described.
0: Right. It just. I mean, it's it's um, it's it's a beautiful thing to witness. Another one, and again,
1: these are uh, synod uh, comments from our listening sessions among our incarcerated about communion specifically, this experience of communion has taught me to pray for the needs of others and to think of others. And I have uh, a suspicion that that's probably because of the manner of our ritual in the celebration of the Holy Mass, uh, particularly the prayers of the faithful, uh, where they, they get to hear that litany of pray for the church, pray for the... Pray for the world, pray for the suffering, pray for the dying, pray for the dead. Um, For those who were unchurched or who had been an awful long time since they'd experienced going to a mass and probably the last time they did was when they were kids, which isn't reserved to people incarcerated. That's a lot of people outside, too. Now that they're getting practiced at it again, they had this awakening. Hey, this isn't just about me. This is about me having a thoughtfulness for other people, and and now I'm really connected to that, and I like it. I like praying for other people, and that that was you know flowed from from their sense of communion.
0: Well, it, it does underscore the we've been said this many times in these sessions, but it's another centered life. So they realize that now that this life is not about me. It's, it's it it it's it's bigger than that. I've got I got people that are hurting. I got people right beside me that that have. And I think a lot of times, they when they first come in, they enter into the unit and say that, "Well, I'm the only one here, you know, and I'm going, I'm going to, I'll just do my time uh, privately." But then they realize that I'm not the only one here, and there's things bigger here than me, and, and it's my neighbor, my neighbor is who's broken. Who's, what does sin do? Sin beats us up and leaves us half dead, laying on the side of the road, and and they sin robs us you know that's that's the whole gospel from the 15th sunday or time that's that's the good samaritan jesus finds us he heals us he pours eucharistic (laughs) self into us and brings us and and so we 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 actually have a chance to experience that that gospel in reality and and be healed and, and and saved
1: just a reminder to our listeners as well because this is known all too well to our incarcerated listeners and um, But it's not a reality. I think a lot of us outside of the prisons ponder all that much. We hear it in a news story when somebody gets sentenced, but then it just kind of fades away. But for those who receive the sentence, it's an everyday reality. I'm here for the next 20 years of my life. I'm not going to see parole for another 15 to 30 years. You know, I, I'm going to be here for a while. And I, I mentioned that as a uh, as a pretext to, to this next comment from the, the Synod uh, listening sessions. As I see my sentence, there's no hope. But with God's word and my reception of communion, I see freedom coming. Communion is freedom. My sentence length doesn't matter. I'm free in God.
0: I I think that's where we all long to live and be, regardless of where we live out this earthly life. Is is to be free. And some of the freest people that we've met have been people that are in prison. And that realization that this this is just a temporal part of our eternal. I mean, our life is eternal, and 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 Jesus says Himself, the kingdom of God is now. I mean, it's your choice to live it now, or or uh, live the other direction. But when they can embrace that life and and realize that they're they're free, um, and, and whatever God has planned for them, uh, they're open to it almost. Um, not just um, their gazes in the moment of now they're not living for some something that, that may or may not happen they're living right now and it changes how they live their life you can see that in, in the ones that are very present to um, in their unit in their assignment or just how they, they they carry themselves through the day and that's a that's a free soul we all long to live that way
1: one uh, following that another, uh, comment that was taken down, that this is one person that had received First Communion with us. So, First Communion, to all the times following when I've received the Eucharist, represents a moment with God, and it bridges the separation from loved ones outside and that God is still there. Because there's so much concern about is my family in God? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having this renewal revival. I've come into the life of the church in this person's case, but you know I'm concerned about my family. I get letters that indicate to me that maybe they're you know they're they're straying or that they're coming they're working through the same environment I worked through and it wasn't a good one and I have every bit of of concern that they're going to head to the same place i found myself in and yet there's consolation that they take that god as they are with me in my prison setting they're with my family too
0: yes and i think that's the 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 nice thing to know that um they're able to um be that strong witness to that life change to their family because now the mom's different you what's dad's different what's going on there and and it's the lord the lord has now changed that person he's 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 moved him to a new place, and um, who wouldn't want that too? I mean, that that's the way we're all called to want and live. And you can see that with, particularly with, with moms. You know, moms have an enormous influence on their family. And when mom changes, uh, then they can start, they change the family. They do. They do change the family. For ill or for good or in this purpose. case. Right.
1: And the ladies are acutely attentive to that. They know the power of their femininity in the life of their families, and they know the deprivation that their incarceration is causing in the lives of their families, and it is a great grief and a great suffering for them. And yet, from that suffering, like the Savior himself, and probably why communion is such a valued item for, for them in particular, they know that life flows and that this suffering they're undergoing and, and their time away from their family is undergoing, it, it's the down payment on, on that reunification and that life-giving love that, that Christ has for them. Um, which uh, brings me to someone's recollection about communion in their life from our Synod listening sessions in, in prison. I remember the first communion as a child, but I had a child's understanding. Now it's about relationship with Him— He's in me now and fills me with His presence and love and joy to share with others.
0: I don't know that it can get any better than that. Yep. I mean, I think it's just this is what we all long for: is to be in a relationship with the Lord and know that that He is there all. He He, he fills me with His presence and His love and His joy, and that's not to be uh, contained. That's to be shared. That's to be given away. And I want I want to go out and do that. Uh, I speak, you know, I I, I oftentimes I'll hear an inmate, uh, come up and say um, to me, they'll quote 1 Peter 3.15, and they'll say, always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you about your hope, and my hope is in Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? To know that that's how I live my life now.
1: Well, it is beautiful, and I think it underscores this next comment. I had been out of the church for many years and returned because of communion. I was overwhelmed with his loving presence. It made me want to cry.
0: And you see them, oftentimes visibly, they're in tears. You know, they see receive communion, um, whether it's in restrictive housing environment or in general population. That's that's, that's a real joy to see that. And many those, those are holy tears. I say that. It doesn't get any better than that. Well, it's true. And, and uh, the next one,
1: being thankful for the Lord's sacrifice and for taking eyes off what I'm deprived of so that I can put them instead on Jesus— doing time is made possible even easier uh, by by being thankful for the sacrifice of, of the Lord.
0: yeah and then again I'm mindful of how many times we hear that you know what I'm doing now is is a blessing in my life because what I was doing before was destructive and and, and it was just this this makes it doable. Um, it, it again it's it's a, it's a now we're not we're not living divided lives. we're living a, a Christ-centered life. And, and that does make it doable. It does make it uh, something that I find great joy in. And, and people would say, you, how do you find joy there? Because I'm with the, I'm, I'm, I found the Lord. What else is there?
1: And you, for your part as a minister of Jesus Christ, as a holy deacon, have many times emphasized that this is about community. Over and over again that we are building community and it is the Eucharist at at the foundation of of that that community Um, because even though the incarcerated are acutely aware that they are living in a community because that community is around them whether they want it there or not, um, that comment that you made earlier about when I first get to prison, you know, this is just about me um, and I'm just going to do my time solo, that gets swept away. Now what do I do? And, and communion is, is one of those answers. That's what I'm going to do. Right. Well, I want to thank everyone for hearing us, for sharing these sessions with us uh, on the Eucharist uh, in the prisons in honor of the Eucharistic revival. I um, want to thank you for your prayers, uh, for your attention to the lives of those who serve the incarcerated as volunteers, as employees of the state and the officers, and just remembering the incarcerated in general but particularly the victims of their crimes. Um, They're there for a reason, and there are people who still suffer for that reason. And to them, we want to offer the grace of the Eucharist as well. As we, we say, through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Brother, will you walk with me?